Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives, and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets varying using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record, but here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Elin, recording in the Podcast Town studio. I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better. I'm tuned in. Every time I hear the intro, I get butterflies. It's like the first time every time. But y'all, we are back and it is time to talk about living in a space of self-awareness so that we can identify when and where our heart needs to be healed. And so I've personally avoided healing for 24 years. I don't know what happened at 24. Well, I do know what happened at 24. I was pregnant and I was crazy. (laughs) Um, I had a lot going on in my mind, just a lot of pressure on my heart. Everything was dramatic to the highest level. Um, And it was time for me to unload those experiences. And it wasn't the only time I needed healing. I needed healing when I got married. I needed healing when I would go in the kitchen and try to cook for my family. I need healing through friendships. This is a daily journey. And I feel like healing is needed whenever my trust has been broken. And trust can be broken in so many different ways. It could be from a lie to um, disloyalty. Like there are so many layers to trust and everyone has a different experience because our childhoods have been different. And so when I look at healing, I'm looking at healing and every situation is different. And so from each situation, I need to heal so that I can move forward and most importantly, so I can practice guarding my heart. And when I think about guarding my heart, I think about Psalms 147 and 3. He healed the broken in heart and he bind up their wounds. And so I always need God to come in and just reassure me that my path has been made and that I'm still walking the right way, even though I've been crossed. I've um, had this moment in time where I feel like, wow, how could you do that? And it's just piercing of the heart. And so our next guest, this is going to be one for the books. Y'all already know (laughs) it is going to be one for the books because she brings a different perspective. And that's what we're all about. How can we retell the same stories that so many of us have lived? And so this month, again, we're talking about healing. We're talking about how we address trials and tribulations that we seem to all face, right? How do we pick ourselves back up and keep going? And so we're going to start with our guest today, telling us a story about a moment where you realized you needed healing. And if you actually received it, how? Oh, well, that's a very broad question. I feel like there are so many things that we need healing from as we live this life and as we walk on this journey. Um, you know, whether it's needing healing from things that, you know, happened in our childhood or things that have happened day to day with different friends and people, our spouses. But when I think about a time where I needed healing, the thing that comes to me the most is one of the most impactful things that's happened to me since I have been an adult. And that was when there was infidelity in my marriage. And the healing that I received after that situation happened was more of a journey than it was just an instant like, okay, Lord, heal me from this, heal me from this situation. Um, 
I know that as that time went on, basically what happened was my husband and I were together. He began working a certain place and there was a situation that happened at the job that was continual. And then he came to me a couple months later and told me about it. And so during that time, that's when our healing journey began. It wasn't, I didn't find out anything. It was him coming to me saying, I can't bear this anymore. God told me that I have to tell you this. And I repented and I am sorry. And I fear him more than I fear you. So I have to tell you and whatever happens, I'm going to have to live with it, but I have to tell you. And so when he told me that information in that instant, my heart was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is not my story. I first went into denial. So there wasn't this extreme like, oh my God, how could you? It was like, no, that did not happen. This is not my story. That mm -hmm. is not happening to me right now. You, you've been faithful. No, that is not the situation that I'm living in. But when he began to explain, to say, no, this is what happened. I had to accept it. And I realized that in accepting it, I had to lay down pride first because I had so much pride around mm -hmm. how my life was going to go and how my story was going to be and what I expected from my husband and the stories that I would tell and the stories that I wouldn't tell to my children and the stories I would share and I would not share. And when he told me that, it was just a total like ego shot. That's mm -hmm. what it first was. And I was just like, okay, so this happened to me. This is really happening. This is really my reality right now. And then after that, um, it just began us having to rebuild trust. I mean, when I found out, it was a time later on. So he had shown me already how much he had changed and how much he was not that same person. Because I had found out later on, if I found out in the midst of everything that was going on, I would have probably left. I would have been like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Crazy. But I believe that God allowed my heart to be not not shielded from it, but he allowed us to stay together through that and for him to come out of it so that he could then admit to it so that I could see like, OK, you are changed the person you were then and all the different things that you were dealing with. And I felt like something was going on, but I always thought, no, not you, not my man of God. That's not my story. That's not my situation. And so in going through that, and then coming to where we were at that time when he was telling me, I realized, okay, you have changed. I can tell that you've changed. So it wasn't really like a, a healing of like, okay, we, we totally need to rebuild trust because I knew that he was different, but it was more like a, a healing of my ego, a healing of like, okay, this stuff happens in relationships if you don't keep God first. And I think that was the main thing because during that season of our relationship, I was in the church. I was focused on my duties at church, serving and everything. He was kind of up and down with his serving. But I thought like, okay, we're good. Even though you're busy, you're working on your career and I'm in church. We, we don't, we're good. We know God. We're not straying from anything. But then when we came to that situation and he confessed to that, I realized like, wow. We really need God every day. It's not just, uh, it's not just a because we are in the Lord and because we have our salvation, we're going to always do what's right. It's a constant infilling every day, daily bread, daily prayer, daily coming together as a couple, daily. And so when I realized that and I realized the parts where we had let our guard down, I, that was how I could heal. Like, okay, now we need to move forward and make sure we're doing the right things. And so it was, I mean, it was a very messy journey. That was years ago. I believe that was in about 2017. 
that that was admitted to me. And I was just like, okay, so it's been like a messy up and down journey. And I have received my healing from that. Of course, there's times where I'm like, okay. (laughs) But overall, I believe healing is a journey. And, you know, but I have received my healing from that. And I do thank God for all the things that that showed us, even though, of course, that was not right. That was not God's will. But it did make us stronger. It did bring us together more. And it did make me realize that um, don't think more highly of myself than I ought to, because I think I thought that I wasn't going to go through that. And I thought that I just thought so highly of myself. Like, how dare you do something like that to me? And God's like, who are you for that not to happen to you if you don't keep me first? Where's this pride coming from? And, Mm. you know, so I just had to kill that pride, kill a lot of stuff. So it was even though that was not a good situation, it was good. I definitely grew during that season. Right. And I feel like that's a journey that's normal. I think about my perception of God Mm -hmm. and the reality of my lived experience now having relationship with him. And when I first walked in, I'm like, you know, this is going to be gravy. I got Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's still in my car. No Mm -hmm. one's robbing me. No one's lying to me. There Mm -hmm. is no form of manipulation because I'm shielded by him. Mm -hmm. And God's like, no, that will come. Mm -hmm. Your response is where I show up. Right. And that is the challenge that shapes how I respond to things. And I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. I got baptized in 15 and I'm still learning how to respond to those moments. And so when you talk about like the pride and the ego, I just feel my Mm -hmm. heart being pierced Mm -hmm. because I've been checked in all of those areas Mm -hmm. and then trying to help all the young ones after me realize we love God. Mm -hmm. Life still happens and my flesh Mm -hmm. still runs off on its own desires. And so I'm still getting checked just like my kids are still getting checked Mm -hmm. um, daily Mm -hmm. (laughs) of the things that I'm supposed to do and when we talk about healing you you hit a a good point about how broad it is how do you define healing in your life I think healing in my life is being able to identify something talk about it and accept it I think that we're not really healed from something unless we can talk about it so I think that um, healing is when you can openly admit to things and when you can say it's almost like you can disassociate it from yourself as well. Mm -hmm. So like my husband is not that person, you know, that person that I was then I'm not that person anymore. So I no longer, we no longer identify with those things, even though they happen, even though they're stories that we can tell to help, to encourage, to inspire. I'm not holding on to it, trying to cover it because that was who I was. That was who he was. And now we walk forward in our newness. And so I think that when you are healed from something, you're able to separate yourself from it. You know, whether it's addiction, whether it's homosexuality, whether whatever it is that you have gone through that brings shame, brings some sort of like, I don't know if I want to tell that story. I feel when that time when you're able to disconnect from it and say, yes, that's who I was. But now we're moving forward that's when you know that you're healed, when you can talk about it and you don't feel judged or condemned or like, oh, they're going to think differently about me now because I shared that piece of me. And you know, it's funny that you say that. I I learned in this experience, it was a five-day experience at the detention center with youth, that real community is when everyone in that community can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Until then, it's a facade. It's mm-hmm. not It's not a reality. Um, And so when I think about that, I think about how it was, you know, 10 to 15 young boys 
they're young, mm-hmm. so no older than 15, and they're still living in their childhood moments, mm-hmm. although they're still a child. Mm-hmm. And how they're showing up in the world is just a response to those unhealed spaces and places. Mm-hmm. And so I think about uh, the reckless driving that we're seeing across the country, you know, killings we see across the country, whether people want to say black on black or whatever. There seems like there's a lot of aggression A lot of anger coming out of this pandemic. And I don't think it's at Donald Trump. Right. And so from your perspective, and we're talking about healing, especially spiritual healing, what is society missing? What are we missing? Why does it seem like we're coming out of a space where we could have clung closer to God Mm -hmm. in a very like aggressive, angry way? Mm, I think that during the time, I feel like the pandemic showed us the and what we're we're dealing with you know with having everything shut down you have entertainment shut down you have you know different you know you can't go to your job in person and see people anymore you can't um, go to the movie theater during the time where everything was really shut down and only um, things that were um, first responders and necessary were open I think about those vices you know all of those things are vices going to the movies that's a vice you Mm. know being able to go to the you know basketball games the different things going on gather with people those can be vices those can be aids that we are using to help sedate pain to help make life easier to make it more livable to make the days go by faster entertainment you know we're using those things so I think with cutting down on a lot of the entertainment that we had that was available to us on top of um, people just you know being in each other's faces more you got parents and children's faces more you got spouses in each other's faces more you have all these things going on and people are confronted with themselves they're mm. confronted with what they're dealing with they're online shopping more they're eating more there's so much going there was so much that was going on so much mm-hmm. I was dealing with during that time that God showed me about myself like okay girl come on now <laughs> I'm like, right. okay I'm eating too much I'm online I'm on Amazon too much now okay let me stop you know at first everybody's happy like yay we're gonna make sourdough bread or we're right. gonna do this and do that and now it's like now we're two years in it and I'm on scrolling on Amazon too much spending money I shouldn't be spending right and so I think with all of those things and the fact that people were just kind of confronted with themselves more it brought those those uglier things out and if you don't turn to God to deal with it if you don't have that relationship with God then you're going to turn to something else you're going to turn to anger you're going to turn to well what can I do I'm, I'm going to lash out you know I feel like people got a lot more not sensitive, but I, th- I think that people got tired of dealing with pe- other people's mess during the pandemic. Mm. Like they got a lot less cordial, a lot less like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, they, people were just ready. Like, OK, whatever you're going to bring at me, I'm going to bring back to you because I know mm-hmm. I felt that way. There were certain friends that I stepped away from during the pandemic because we were busy. And when we got back together, I almost felt like I couldn't deal with their nonsense anymore. And I felt like if they say this, then I'm going to be ready to tell them why this and this and this is not right. Right. And it's like I was just so ready and on edge. And mm-hmm. I know that if I'm dealing with that then other people are dealing with that and Mm -hmm. so I just feel it was a lot of things it was a big um just a big you know melting pot of all the things that were being covered because of all the things that were in place Mm -hmm. and then when those things got torn down and taken down now you have to deal with yourself now you have to deal with life and now you have to dig into, okay, God, what do you say the purpose of life is? Mm. Is the purpose of life just for me to be entertained and shop and go places and do things? Or is it for me to go inward and develop? And if you're not doing that, then of course you're going to lash out. So I just see myself as I'm listening to you and reflecting on my own experience. I see myself in a room full of glass mirrors. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. what the pandemic was for me. Like 
Tyree, you are not emotionally present with your children. Mm -hmm. You have no tie to your husband who you've been married with. You have just been chasing ambition. Mm -hmm. And that is now what do you have? Because Mm -hmm. you can't go into the office. You're not working. Oh, now you don't have a job. And so just like all these layers. And then to find out that we were expecting again was just it was excitement because Mm -hmm. it was the time. Right. I could just lounge and be pregnant. And then the more that I got into my pregnancy, I was like, hold on. We're living in a fake world right now. Mm -hmm. What is my reality? And I start to struggle. I have never struggled through weight loss, fighting depression as much as I did because I was just self-reflecting on so many different layers. And this guilt began to just like slap me in the face daily because Mm -hmm. in my mind at those moments, I was working to provide a better life for my family, to be able to write my mom the check that I wrote her when she was in her lowest, darkest moments, 5,000 a week. I can't do that sitting on my butt. My husband wants to do this. I have girls who are following me. So my ambition is what I'm chasing. And then all that that I tied my identity to when it's stripped, what do I have? Mm -hmm. What have I been doing? Mm -hmm. I have God, but I don't feel like I have God. So all these questions. And so then I I I pose the question to you because I believe that there is someone who is listening, who's in that moment right now. They may not be expecting a child, but they may have just lost their job. They may have just lost a family, a close family member. There's some form of loss and there's a process of grief that happens. So how do I heal if I don't have a relationship with God? How do I heal if I have no guidance? How do I heal if I have this long track record of pain, incarceration Mm. and addiction What's next for me? Wow. Wow. (laughs) Well, I mean, for me, you know, personally, from my experience, is that um, we need God, you know? And so when you ask me, how do I heal without God? I think that everything else is just a sedative, you know, because I could say, oh, you can go to the gym. Oh, you can start to, you can start to meditate. What are you meditating on, though? You know, I could tell you, oh, you can cut your hair. You can go on vacation. You can buy some new clothes. You can, you know, I could, I could tell you all these outward things, but I really think that everything is inner. You know, and I believe that the creator of the universe, our God, you know, Yahweh, he knows us best because he knit us together in our mother's wombs. He he created us. He's the one that created this thing called life so that we could live it. We didn't come up with this to exist and to wake up and go to sleep every day. He created that. And so I don't think purpose or hope exists outside of God. Honestly, me Mm -hmm. personally, my perspective, I don't think it exists outside of God because he's the author of it. You know, so he's the one that we should go to when we don't know what to do when we don't know if the path that we're on is right or if we don't know like okay lord this was what was happening and now everything is totally changed everything is totally going a different way he's the place that we should go you know and i know that that's what gives me hope and that's what gives me that everything's going to be okay Mm-hmm. You know, going back to those promises, that's very knit in who I am, going back to the promises of God. And so um, I know for me, pulling myself out of any dark place um, is God. But it starts with love. You know, when people can't receive God, they need some form of love. Mm. You know, when they can't receive a word or, oh, this scripture is that, they need an outstretched hand of love, a hand that's saying, I'm not giving up on you, a hand that's saying, hey, come over here. I have food. I have shelter. Here, here goes a $1,000 to 
help you and your family this week. They first need that initial contact of just love. And then after that love is shown, then you can pour into their cup and they can say, how are you so loving? How do you have this hope? And then we point them back to God. We point them back to Christ. Um, but I think that that first, first start with showing love, you know, cause I think that love is that icebreaker. Even mm-hmm. if it doesn't get through that first time constantly, I think about scripture. It says the goodness of God will cause a man to repent, will lead a man to repentance. And so I just, I think about that, you know, mm-hmm. love. That's so powerful because I'm seeing all the women. My husband was in the church, is in the church and plays the piano, but it was the women around the church who kept reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, no one told me my skirt was too short until they loved on me first. Mm-hmm. No one told me I had an ugly attitude until they loved on me first. So then I was able to receive it with a, oh, I didn't really mean to communicate that way versus lashing out on them. Who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. They loved on me first to be able to redirect my anger, redirect all of my emotions back to God. So I see that in my personal life and it's like, whoa, I haven't reflected on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just it's a moment of appreciation of how God can orchestrate our life when we're seeking him in our heart. Mm -hmm. He'll place the right people around us Mm -hmm. to get to him. And sometimes we don't have the answer, but there's someone in our village who does. So that was so I have before I wrap up with this quote that I really want to hear your takeaway. Do you have anything that you would like to share? Mm, Anything that I would like to share? (laughs) (laughs) I got to think. I feel like there's so much going on in my brain, but like channeling and harnessing it all is is the next thing. Um, When it comes to healing, all I can think of is just what I've said already. Healing is a journey and it's never ending, you know. Um, sometimes we're going to be healing from certain things until the day that we die. And then sometimes we're going to receive our healing in this lifetime. But I just think as long as we continue to move forward and wanting to be healed and wanting to be whole, that's all that we can do. You know, I was talking to someone recently whose husband passed away and I was, and she was telling me how sorrowful, how sad she was and how she was dealing with so much grief and how she was dealing with just so much. And she's a woman of God. And I know that she is strong in her faith. And I told her, I said, you know, in those moments when you feel the Holy Spirit giving you the strength to be strong, be strong. And in those moments where you want to cry, cry. I said, but if you know you have the strength to be strong, be strong. Sometimes we can choose sadness because of the fact that this is serious, you know, like, like when everything happened in the beginning that I was talking about with the infidelity in my relationship, I was like, oh my gosh, this is serious. I should be pissed. I should kick you out. I should do this and I should do that. Even though in my heart, I was like, he's a changed man. I know that he had to tell me this, but he's a changed man. I, I believe that I can trust him. Lord, you know, But there were so many facts that were lined up in front of me. The truth of God was he was changed. But the facts that I saw and what the world will tell you, like, girl, you need to make him do this, do that, buy you flowers, get this and that. And so I was dealing with that. And I was just like, I should make him do this and kick him out and do all this. But then on the flip side, I had the ability to be strong and know that, hey, I know that you're changed. I know that you're beating yourself up inside more than I realized because you're the one that brought this to me. I didn't come to you saying this is what I found. You said, hey. I have to tell you that takes a whole lot of courage for someone to tell you something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I say that to say, um, when you have that nudge in your heart, that's saying, Hey, you can get through this. 
You don't have to overreact right now. You don't have to be so emotional. Be that. Be strong. That's the Holy Spirit saying like, hey, I'm with you. I'm giving you that strength. And so I was telling her that just to let her know like, hey, we don't have to get down in the poor pitiful me's. You know, even though things hurt, even though it's hard at times, if you know, hey, I'm feeling inside, I'm going to be okay. Hold on to that strength that you feel. You know, because that's God strengthening you mm-hmm. in that moment. So that's all I really have to say about that. Be strong when you can, because our emotions will lead us down a path that's never ending. And they'll be like, oh, you're right. I should feel sad when you know all along that you have the ability to be strong, to be strong. That's a good one. I had this quote this morning. And so I want to leave uh, close out the episode with your thoughts on this quote. One moment we're in a trial and an error. And that's where God dwells. Mm-hmm. Amen. Can you read it one more time? In one moment, we can be between a trial and an error. That's where God dwells. Amen. Amen. I agree. I agree. I don't believe that, you know, he causes the calamity and things in our lives, but I believe that he works all things out for the good, for those who are called according to his purposes. And so I agree with that. And I will have to say in my moments where I was, I have to say the weakest, God was there saying like, hey, I'm trying to lead you here. You know, hey, this is a wake up call for you to realize that this needs to be the priority instead of that. And so, yeah, I have to say that now it's not always the best thing that we have to be broken down to come to that mindset or come to that, you know, repositioning. But um, I agree, you know, I agree. So that was just part one of when we talk about healing, the experiences that we have is all different. But what I have learned is men want respect and women need love. And so perspective is important. We're not just going to speak from the woman's voice. Yes, it's cool. I'm a queen. We'll keep talking about what women think. But we have to hear from the man, especially when we're talking about healing, healing in our communities, healing in our families, healing just across the world. If we don't address it from different perspectives, how can we create empathy or understanding? So I'm excited about our next guest, a black man discussing healing. And the reward is women get to hear from a man's perspective. You may not have these conversations in your household, but we're going to talk about it here in the podcast town studio. So let's talk about the day um, in your life that I'm sure changed your trajectory and just perspective. Uh, Walk us through the day of losing your stepdad. Man, honestly, I still uh, is mostly scarred from that. And because I think it happened when I was a kid, that's why it was so, like, nerve-wracking because I didn't understand what was going on at the time. So it took for me to get older to realize what happened. So basically, long story short, I repeated my uh, stepfather, Frank Moore, second. He has his own street name on Fond du Lac. And basically, he was murdered. And my mom wasn't there. It was just me and my two brothers. But we actually seen the murder happen like Barbados face to face. And I never understood why it was like that. But as I got older, it was just of a jealousy for no reason. Like the man was a good man. He took care of us. He was part owner in J.L. Marcus on Friday night. He had his own story in there. Like he told us how to be men. And like, I feel like I should have went to therapy because I had a lot of holding inside. I still need it to this day. I never really talked about it. Like, I had to hear it and be a man for my mother. 
especially growing up raising three black young kings, that was hard. You being there, right? That changes. I feel like that changes the impact and perception of life as a young boy. Were you all getting out the car? What was the experience like? Just what did he see someone come in to attack him or? So basically, I believe it was set up because we was doing yard work. He was that type of man. He's from Tennessee. So down south, man, they was raised Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. They made sure the household was taken care of and like you have to Mm -hmm. do work. So basically, our my mom's neighbor, she was a her husband was a police officer. He called my stepdad and told him, "Hey, my wife is getting robbed. Could you go over there and see what's going on?" Now, mind you, he's a police officer. Why are you calling mm. him? So that's how I feel like it was an inside job. Wow. And my stepfather, he had a lot of money, but he didn't like own any guns or anything like that. So he went to their home with a bat, trying to make everything sure it was okay. And as he's walking out, the guy walks out and shoots him in the back of the head. Wow. So that was deep. I seen, like, his brain splatter on the side of my mom's house. And then, like, a kid explaining that to my mom, calling her with that. I was about nine years mm-hmm. old. I imagine your kids calling you with that. So, like, I feel like my mom, she doesn't have any healing from that because it was never a last conversation. And then we seen it after right. that. So that's... Pretty sad story. How did that impact you for like those next few years? Did you have dreams or did you struggle with anything after that? Yeah, it gave me a reason just to be bad. Mm. Like, like from going to high school to even with high school, I didn't care about life anymore because me saying right. that, which I should have went to therapy for it. Now, likely I don't have a record, never got anything on my name, but I was just doing things just to be doing it because of the hurt that I had from it. So. That was just devastating. Kid, you see that? Imagine your daughter right. seeing that growing up and not understanding. Right. And I feel like my mama, she did the best job she can do because of what happened. But raising men are different compared to raising women as mm-hmm. a mom. So that's why I'm so overprotective of my mom nowadays. So, How do you think or how have you experienced your brothers reacting? Did they act different or like how how are they showing up in the world experiencing that? Well, my little brother, that was actually his father. Okay. I feel like he has a lot of low self-esteem issues now because of that. His dad, Don, and me and my, I'm the only one with a dad Okay. Now. So that's what makes me reach out and try to have conversations with my dad now because mm-hmm. of that. And they don't have that, so I'll try to be. But my big brother, me and him, it taught us to grow up faster than what we had mm-hmm. to. Like, I was working about 12 years old, walking to school, like, we made a way out of no way. My little brother, it kind of messed him up to this day. And he's just like real standoffish mm-hmm. now. He does, he shuts down a lot, has a lot of anxiety. So I bet that definitely plays a part in it. But I try to have a family meeting time, especially with me having a daughter mm-hmm. now. I definitely want to communicate with my family because I don't want it to where it was something that we could resolve by just simply having a conversation. Right. And the conversation can run deep. I mean, at what right. point in your life did you say this experience is is impacting me and I want to shift? Like I want to, you know, be better. I want to. At what age did you say, okay, where are my brothers at? Where is my dad at? What was the moment that just changed your perspective? Well, actually it happened about a year okay. ago with me finding out my daughter. Okay. So I missed five years of having my daughter, long story short. Her mom reached out to me 
And it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because here I am. My mom needs closure that it helped because that's the only girl that she's mm-hmm. around. And I don't want my daughter to grow up feeling like she needs another man to help her in situations when she has a dad that's going to be active in her life. So after I found out that she was my daughter, we just had so many family conversations. And it was so different because I'm like, with that happening to us and me seeing that, I got to step up and be in her life. Like, it's no way around right. that. Like, that's a thousand percent now. And my mom's so supportive because that was the healing that she needed. Mm. So I wish I would have found out she was my daughter before this mm-hmm. happened because it would have helped the process of what happened that traumatized us years ago. Wow. Because we never had a family meeting. We never went to therapy. We just bottled that in. And that's, you need to talk about those type right. of things because if you don't, you can crash out any day. Things mm-hmm. happen. And simply having a conversation, that goes a long way. So. That's what made me as a grown man because I never I never paid attention to it until that happened. Mm. So you never and thought about sad. therapy or figuring out like why or knowing knowing why your heart is broken essentially, knowing that something is off, but never taking you never thought like, let me just go talk to somebody. Well, I never had the resources to even think Got about it. it. I never had people that you should go talk to somebody mm-hmm. or you need resources. Right. And if you don't educate yourself, you're not mm-hmm. going to know. So I just deal with life like, okay, let me go to work and try to make some money and try to figure right. it out. Right. They say money make you happy. No, it doesn't. You definitely need to talk to like therapists. Like in this situation with my daughter, after I'm going through this custody battle, I definitely need a therapist because I never felt this hurt ever in my mm. life. And when a man is hurt, that's right. a lot because we hold right. it in. And then one day we might explode. Mm-hmm. So that's why we need, like, conversations with people, especially with women. Like, my significant other, going through this whole process with my daughter, she's the one writing the email. She's the one thinking of X, Y, and Z because I'm not focused mm-hmm. on that. And sometimes we need, as men, we need help expressing our right. feelings. We're not going to tell y'all because it's a powerful mm-hmm. thing as far as a man. But women should definitely read body language because we'll definitely show if we're not going to tell right. y'all. I hear um, when you talk about resources, I think about community, because if you have a community around you uh, to your point of body reading body language, they could read and see that you off. They could read and see that you need something and just having a strong community allows them to come in and give wisdom, prayer, whatever is needed in that space. It's so impactful to hear you say and be vulnerable about how you feel right now. So how are you processing your emotions? How are you dealing with that so that you don't blow up? I mean, we see that happening through so many different uh, forms of mental health today, whether it's suicide, depression, or people just saying, you know what, everybody finna go. I'm finna kill myself plus everybody around me. Like, how do you manage in today right now? That's That's a good question. And the reason why I state that because, like, I'm still figuring out to this day. I mean, I do music that helps it. The podcast, the talking to my peers, that helps it. But some days I be like, the hell with it. And some days I'm like, I can't do mm-hmm. it. But I feel like the internet definitely helps. Because on the internet you have different ways of communication. Mm-hmm. You, might not, you might not know somebody or word of mouth. You can always research things mm-hmm. now. I didn't have those tools of resourcing growing up. So that definitely helps. And also, working out, mm-hmm. that definitely helps. You could punch a bag. I mean, you 
instead of letting it sit in your body, just sitting there and holding everything mm-hmm. in, that don't help. Yeah. You definitely have to communicate. I don't even care if you don't want to communicate. And then with me not being so close to my dad, I don't have a choice because little girls need their dads in life now. I mean, that's a stink right, but now people don't. A lot of stepfathers, like my stepdad, he literally stepped up for me, and I understand my mom's position mm-hmm. now, and I had a conversation with my dad. So as I got older, I did ask a lot of questions that I shouldn't have never asked, but I definitely wanted right. to know. And my mom feels some type of way. My dad does as well, but I need answers. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to co-parent in my situation, but in order for me to go ahead and move forward mm-hmm. with that, I got to go to the past to get to the right. future. Healing. Yeah. And I grew up in the church as well, so I pray every... I don't meditate because I feel like praying and meditating kind of the same thing, but you definitely need to pray. If someone is a higher up, you have to because things don't happen for a reason. I feel like God puts you in situations for a reason because you know how you can benefit or making a way out of no way. So this this roller coaster I'm going through right now, I feel like in years later I'm not, but motivation, you definitely like I'll be grateful about things that I have compared to what I don't because nowadays people don't have a home, especially with COVID going on, money, a job. Right. I just take it as being grateful. I'm like, no, I can't think like that because it's some people that, that can't receive these type of things. So I humble myself now because years ago, until this situation happened, it was no being humble. But And then the mental health thing, I feel like people were making excuses mm-hmm. for that, but now, no. Because when I'm going through what I'm going through now, I said, wow. It takes a strong individual to make these things happen because the next person, what I'm doing right now, can't do right. it. It seems as if when I think about how you talk about even going back to your parents, right, to say, well, I need to know what happened with me so I could dissect me. So therefore, I'm not dropping this off on my child. You know, that's a process of healing and it takes courage. But also through those spaces and places, I feel like that's where God shows up because he is putting us in a position to, one, do the uncomfortable thing we probably always wanted to do, but then to build a closer relationship with him. Because I was saying God for a long time because I had the car and I had the job and, (laughs) you know, it's rejoicing. But am I rejoicing at the same energy when there is no job, there is no car, trials come, and I'm being tried in a way where I'm like, I'm a good person, my heart is good, why is this coming over me? But I've learned that through all of those moments that God was trying to redefine my character and show me how strong right. I am. You know, what's funny for me. Like, I will always pray when I need mm-hmm. him. You can't right. do that. Right. As I got older, it took me to learn, like, no, I can't just call him every time something ain't going well. I need to praise him every day because just for being alive that some people can't mm-hmm. do that. So I stopped taking things as little things that I can do and count them as blessings because you're right. Every time I go through something, okay, God, please help me in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, you sin every day, but he wants you to pray daily instead of when right. you need him. And it took for me to get older to realize this situation with my daughter. I'm like, you know what? I have to move way different because, no, I didn't have my dad growing up. And me seeing mm-hmm. that, me having a daughter, that can't right. happen. Like, I, that just can't happen. Like, my stepdad, he did what he needed to do because he's seen the situation. And like I stated, he's from down south. Down south men are raised way different from city mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the difference. But when men is hurt, 
women y'all have to pay attention when a man is hurt. What's the signs? Come on, give us some tips. The the body language. So he's like, being a man as it is, it's already hard. We get judged. We always aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like we find things in the world. So when I come home, I don't want to do the things I'm doing outside at Mm -hmm. home. And we're a powerful man. We're not going to tell y'all when we're a part of this game. We're going to sit back and just peek mm-hmm. in. But we will show y'all body language. Like, we we may say one thing, like, I'm tired mm-hmm. of this. But woman has to listen to what the man right. is saying. Because not active listening, that throws off the communication. Mm, that's good. And you have to realize, like, my household, my daughter doesn't even know me. Let alone she has to figure out my significant right. other. That's a whole lot going mm-hmm. on. But... We figure out activities that she has a child, so she has more experience with me, but she mm-hmm. helps. And I basically coach her, like, okay, when I need your help, then I need you to step in, but I don't need you to overstep the boundaries because mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out my daughter as right. it is. She understands, right. though. Because when I first met her, her son, I never dated women with kids. Mm-hmm. And like what Antoine was saying, that was different. I wasn't used to it. I'm like, okay, I can tolerate one child, but when it comes to two, three, four... <laughs> It's that's different. A that's a lot for me because I didn't have none at right. the time. So right. you definitely got to act the lifting skills. And also, like when you're dating a man, you guys have to date still. Mm-hmm. Because not dating that throws it off mm-hmm. as well. You be so used to, okay, we stay in the house together or whatever. We're not active doing anything. That's when insecurities get involved. Insecurities can go both ways to a man right. as well. Right. If a woman always getting dressed, your woman, she going with her friends and dressing cute. That's a powerful thing with me. I'm like, okay, she don't do that with me. We always at home. So we we see it as well. But again, if you're not active listening, that causes friction as well. And then when a man is hurt, he's more standoffish into himself. Mm-hmm. Like anything, it take him off. Because when I'm mad, I don't need nobody talking mm-hmm. to me. So like I try to do like counts 10 seconds, count it down, or like, Listen to music. Like, music is... Like, I like soul music mm-hmm. now. It soothes your mood out. Mm-hmm. And I like different instruments, like when Antoine does the keys. Mm-hmm. That's soothing to your mm-hmm. ears. And I just probably need, like, 30 minutes to myself, and then I get back to it. But you got to pray daily. When, it, when the devil is attacking you during the day, I used to pray one time a day. Not anymore. I pray, like, three, four times a day. Because the devil attacks you during the day, what you going to do? Just stop right. it. Because he attacking you, so... That plays a part in it, too. It sounds like you're on the journey. And I think about your brothers. I think about my sisters. I think about everyone who's under us. And they're in these moments of they may just be going through the tragedy. Right. Or I look at healing, too, in terms of whenever trust is broken, because there was expectation and the expectation wasn't met. And it triggers a moment in time where a previous expectation wasn't met nine times out of 10, which is from the childhood. And so I think about everyone who is behind us, who's following us. What advice do you give them in terms of healing? They may not have witnessed a death, right? But they may have witnessed or experienced one spiritually. It may not be the same thing, but it's something that, you know, my minor ain't your minor and your major ain't my right. major, but it impacted me to the point where it pierced my heart and now it's changed my character. Right. What advice right. would you give them? So here's the thing too about healing. If I'm hurt, I can't blame it mm. on you. Right. Cause I feel like people be, they hurt be bringing into things. You can't right. do that. Right. So basically when you hurt, had a conversation, but you can't, 
This is the thing that I went into women as well with my significant other. When a man is hurting, don't backfire and use it against him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why we bottle and don't use it because you want to throw it in my face. That's not right. okay. But if I'm hurt, I have a conversation and then just get somebody else input. Mm-hmm. And I sponge everything and just use it for myself. But as far as like the healing wands, you got to figure out something that you like to do that keeps you calm. Mm-hmm. Like my therapy is music. Somebody else's therapy might be uh, playing basketball or driving right. a car. You got to figure out what's, what do you like to do that makes you right. happy. I don't care what they consist of. You have to do it because that's your me time. I feel like everyone needs me time for healing mm-hmm. as well. You got to sit back and just have an open-minded things. And also the healing process, you can't tell everybody when you're <laughs> healing. Keep some things to yourself mm-hmm. because, again, people use that against right. you. That's part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, with the healing process, figure out what you like to do and just keep it to yourself to a certain extent. And when you ever feel like talking about it, then you talk about it. Because you're completely healed. I love that you say the me time, right? So that crosses genders, women and men, because what I learned in those me time moments is me time, but it's really time with me and God for him to reveal right to my heart what I'm struggling with um, what I need to change like I've been times where it has been working out it's been times where it's been cooking like I've went through all these activities but it always sends me into a deep prayer with God so I'm connected with him through those activities which then just sends me to a space where I'm like God come on let's go chat Um, and so that me time uh, silences everyone's opinion and everyone's you know, their energy and allows me to just right. hone in on what am I really struggling with? And me time uh, matters. Accountability. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people got to be honest with themselves. That's the problem as well with healing. You don't want to be honest mm-hmm. and the things that people are telling you get mad about it. No, it's called accountability. Right. If you see yourself messing up, that's why the guys I'm mm-hmm. around now, tell me when I'm wrong. We get, we had those conversations like you had to order off for mm-hmm. doing that. I like that because criticism, you'd rather have people that's genuine for you that's going to criticize you than the next person that don't know you, and then you get mad about it, but your guys are just telling you that 20 minutes ago. Right. So the accountability, you got to be accountable for it, your actions. So I want to close out with this quote because that accountability is a huge one. And a mom said this quote, but I feel like it's just, it's for everybody. When she said it, I was surprised that it came out of her mouth, but I received it in a way where... It's like we should really be applying this. And of course, when I want to use it, I write stuff that I feel like I need to imprint on my heart. Stuff that we could have a conversation and you say something and I receive the message so deep that I'm like, wow, that's exactly what I needed. I needed to realize it's it's perspective. Um, I feel like. Every day, every interaction that we have throughout the day is intentional and sent by God. And so right. if I am present in those moments, I receive the message. And so I often do go back and write it down because I want to sit in my me time and really right. apply it to my life. Because in that moment, life may be moving too fast where I can't do the application. You know, it's funny. So like every morning I wake up, instead of listening to music, I listen to like motivational speakers. And quotes they say, I put it in my right. phone, and I just double back to it. I'm like, wow. And those are things. Th- those are the things that are gonna fill your cup. I started off that way, and I still do. Like I listen to Eric Thomas 
I support a lot of the stuff that he does uh, just because he's so real about it. But if anybody really pays attention to those who are successful, not about the money, the cars and none of that who are successful because you can see the peace within them when they show up in a room. It's not for the lights. It's not for the attention. It's not even for the money. You see that everything that they do still goes back and reverence God. And so it's those individuals that I want to fill my cup because in them filling my cup, they're going to remind me that the source was God. And so I may be working out and I may get strength from working out right now. Uh, but the encouragement in the thoughts that I'm hearing, reason why I do my workout videos, those thoughts are just me and God. And I'm just sharing them with the world. The moral of it was when you talk about your community, your guys, how they're going to sit there and they're going to be honest with you. The quote was, I'd rather hurt you now and help you get up than unlike the world hurt you and leave you. That was like the moral of it. And I took that and I was like, that's what I'd be wanting my kids to understand. That's what I want the people who I love the most to understand. When I come back with truth, my delivery back in the day was probably all wrong. But the love then and now is still the same. I need you to see yourself because the world has no obligation to tell you. And they don't care to tell you. They ain't going to tell you ketchup on the side of your mouth. I'm going to tell you ketchup, (laughs) spinach, all of that. So that when you walk out of this door, when we we separate in presence, you are your best self. And I bring that energy everywhere because I want people to bring that to me. You know, it's funny. So every day, I don't care what I do. It has to be a productive day. Because I I feel like if I'm not doing it, that's lazy. I'm just sinning. So like this, this productive. Something like every day you have to be productive because. If you just lend days of your life waste, that's no progress to me. I don't like people like that. Right. Stay from around me. Be an asset and not a lot. Right. It has, that's where I was going to go because they're going to be the ones who are mooching. They never fill in the right. cup. Every community that we have, there should be an exchangement. It could be like the tea party where everybody's filling everybody's cup. Nobody should go right. lack. Nobody should, you know, be yearning and not have the support because, you know, that's what communities do. Thanks. But I've enjoyed this. Is there any last words of wisdom that you want to share be the best you right be the best person you can be because if you don't be the person you can nobody gonna believe in you i'll be the best person i could be i don't care what nobody mm-hmm. tell me i am the dark-skinned christian <laughs> <laughs> if you don't believe in you ain't nobody going to right. either But that was solid. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing a piece of you. Um, I hope that every person who listens is encouraged that we all going to go through a journey and it may take us longer to get there. It may take us longer to go through, but it's a process and it's always worth it. Trust the process. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question, what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree, different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain or struggles? To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elon.